Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Life Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. So welcome to everyone today um, to church and also to all of those online. Today I want to talk about the way to, to live an overcoming life. You know, sometimes in life, we just, have you ever hit a rough patch where it's like your soul gets really worn out, your body's worn out, your soul is heavy, and you can't shake this heaviness that you've got. Anyone here know what I'm talking about? That just says the heaviness that comes on you. It's like, how do I get rid of that? And I just feel the Lord saying to me, um, as I was preparing, that God wants to give you the key, the insight into shifting that heaviness that you feel on you. And uh, it's actually the way of Christ's life in you living. When you understand how Jesus, not only have you received him as your Lord and Savior, but he's the way maker for you in your life. He, the Bible says, listen to this, in, uh, in John 14, 6, it says that Jesus Christ, he, he's, he said to the disciples, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In the Passion, it says that I am the way, I am the truth, and I, I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me and through faith in me. So not only Jesus is not only our way maker into the kingdom, but he's the way maker in the kingdom. He's the one that's showing you how to live your life through him. So today, as we just open our hearts to the scripture. The Lord spoke to me. He said he's going to allow the word of God to speak to you today. So as we look at some scripture, the word is going to do the work in your life. So let's just open our hearts. Father, we just thank you that your word is living and active, sharper than two ed- any two-edged sword, Lord. It divides, Father, our heart. Father, it divides the soul from the heart, Lord. It gives us, gives us perspective, Lord, and it unravels mysteries, Father. And we pray today as we come to your word that, Lord, your anointing would be here, that we would have ears, Lord, that would hear. Father, that we would eyes, spiritual eyes, that we begin to see what you're seeing. Father, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would show us Jesus in this moment. You would show us Jesus. We humble ourselves before you and we ask that your spirit of revelation would come upon us, that we would see keys in your word now, Father, that we may have never, ever seen before in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. So my title of my message is the, is the sure way to, to an overflowing life. We want life abundant. Jesus promised. What did he promise us? He said, He's going, to, he's going to bring the Holy Spirit and out of you will flow rivers of, river, rivers of living water. There's going to come something where you have a life force that's flowing out of you. It's not something you're looking for outside externally. You're going to learn how that when Jesus comes into your life, there's an overflow that happens. It's flowing out of you. How many know that just like in the natural, there are things that can stop our flow. There are things in our lives that is strategically set there to stop our flow and that life force in us. And Jesus said, I want to show you the way to this. I want to show you the life way. He's a life maker. He's a one that brings supernatural freedom into your life. And I believe that God is going to uh, touch everyone here that's going to shift you from a church goer to a life flower. You're not just going to go to church, but you're going to experience the life force of Jesus through your spirit, through you. Do you know the word repentance actually means burning bridges? It means that you burn the bridge to your past. You literally burn the house down. How many here want a good dose of repentance? How many here want to understand that repentance means that I've set on fire all my past so that I can now go. And every time the enemy comes, I'm looking back going, there's nothing there for me. There's nothing there. I can't go back to something because I'm going to burn that bridge. And I feel that in 
in today that the Holy Spirit wants to speak into you. Today's a day where you're going to burn the bridge. You're going to burn the bridge of the thing that keeps trying to entice you back into that stronghold. God's going to burn bridges today because when we understand the power of repentance, repentance means we burn down the house, we burn down the access, we burn down anything that will try to draw us back into those old places through repentance is the picture of burning bridges every say everyone say i'm burning the bridges to my past yeah let's today let's light that match of faith and let's light it so that the past now it has no hold on us it doesn't it doesn't entice us anymore we're burning the bridge he's not just christ is not just the waymaker and things are still there he teaches us how to get rid of it all he get get rid of it you know what you know it's no, you know everyone here has rubbish in their home how many have these rubbish bins and they overflow and they stink and then they sit in your backyard and you know but the problem would be if that in 10 years you've never had someone come and take the rubbish away and it's a stinking mess outside your door and you can walk around you're going everything stinks this whole world stinks no but if we just get rid of the rubbish if we just were to get rid of the rubbish and light that rubbish and let it go, we can pursue the things of God. And I believe that God is calling us today to no longer go back to the things that are enticing you, but today's a day of freedom. Today is a freedom from the past, freedom from the things that have hold you down, habits. You're going you're gonna to just see it today. God's going to do something. And you know how we access this? Is the second thing I want to talk about is we must never minimize Jesus Christ. We must never minimize him, what he's done. We haven't come into a kingdom that is just a decision that we make. We've come into a revolution. We've come into something that will shake up your life, your community, your city and nations. It will absolutely, completely shake up even nations. I heard of a, a minister, Bill um, Sabitsky, who went to Vanuatu. And he came into this country, Vanuatu's many islands, and there was such a discord in this. In these, there were there was civil unrest, and the prime minister that was there, there was going to be elections and everything. And as he began to pray, the Lord showed him that there was a stronghold over that place called the spirit of division. It was in the churches. The churches were fighting. Families were fighting. The, the neighborhoods were fighting. There was, there was this contention. And as he came, he went and met this minister. We went and met with the prime minister. And he sat down there and they repented for that spirit that was over the nation. They took authority over that spirit. And you know what? The entire nation was delivered from a spirit of division and at the next election there was a complete unity the churches began to see revival in it homes started thinking why because we don't fight in a natural realm we fight a spiritual dimension and christ has come to make our eyes open to see us he's taken out of a dark kingdom and taken us into his living light kingdom so we can see who are the who are our enemies what is the problem? What's the real problem that's going on? It's not your husband and your wife and your children. It's not your neighbors. It's not, not what's going around. Our, we have one enemy, a true enemy, and he's working in so many different ways. But we are not to minimize Christ. Let's look at Colossians 1, 15 to 20. And I want you to listen to the word. As, as you read it, I want you to allow that word to come into you because as Christ is, so are we. God is wanting to transform your life and he wants to accelerate what he's doing in your life. And he doesn't want you just to go to church. He wants you to be the church and he wants you to understand that he is the head of the church. He is the one that's beginning to empower you to live what you should be living. He's come to, to bring you back right to the beginning point again of what God wanted with sons and daughters. Listen to this. He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of God, the firstborn heir of all creation. For in him, 
was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen, every seat of power, every realm of government, principality and authority. It all exists through him, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And for his purpose, do you realize that you have been created for a purpose? God created you with a purpose and your purpose is entwined with his purpose. How powerful is that? His purpose, he existed before anything was made and now everything finds his completion in him. Because of the satanic work of the enemy, it's, it's, it's catapulted the entire world and its, its ability off course. But God wants to bring you back on course. He wants to bring your life back on course. He wants to bring your family back on course. He wants to bring your purpose back on course. He wants to bring everything about you back onto the course of his purpose so you no longer are just dwelling without any idea of what's going on, he comes to give you revelation and he gives you illumination. Jesus Christ, it says, is the head of the body. You have a head. Are you listening to your head? How many here know it's really important for you to listen to your head, right? Because if you get up in the morning and you listen to your emotions, guess what's going to happen? I'm not going to get out of bed. It's raining outside. It's been raining all night. I'm not going to get out of bed. No, your head's going, you have, you have committed yourself to go to work and be there at 7.30. So whether you like it or not, you're going to get out of bed, you're going to shower, so you come and you're going to be clean when you go there. You have a head that tells you and instructs you, right? Amen? So we need to listen to our head. So Jesus is the head of the body, which is the church. Do you know that every day you should be saying to your head, Jesus, here I am. I'm here for your purpose. What do you want from me? Every day, he's your head. He's your head. What do you want from me? Now, and since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir of resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have the fullness of him dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in that is in heaven and earth is brought back to himself. Amen. We've got a homecoming here right now. All of us have come home. How many here are loving the fact that you've come home? You've come home to your destiny. You've come home to your family. You've come home into Christ. You've come home from where many people are still homeless. There are so many people on the earth and they are homeless. But you and I have found our home and our home is in Jesus. And we've been brought back to himself, brought back to the original purpose for why we're here. Why are you here? Why are you on this earth? What is the purpose within you? What did he deposit within you? What are the gifts and abilities in within you? Well, he's got a purpose for everything. He's restored you to innocence again. Now you've got the nature of Jesus. There's an innocence about you. There's an innocence in your makeup now. Within you, there's this beautiful innocence within you. And that is the nature of Jesus. And today, we're going to talk about that we're going to outwork that innocence in our life. Amen. God wants us to be innocent. Clever, but innocent. Yeah, smart. But he wants us to be walking and working out this innocence. Jesus, the spirit of Jesus is completely innocent. Listen to this. You and I have been sealed with destiny and purpose. That is our third point today. Romans 8, 28, 32 says, So we are convinced this is what the Word of God is declaring over your life. You might have questions about your purpose. You might have questions about why you're here and your destiny. You might have all kinds of things running around your head. But this is the final edict on you. This is, this is the summons. This is the, this is the Word that God has for you. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven to fit together into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. Amen, church? You don't have to worry about it. You are connected to the head. That head, he's going to begin to download on you 
everything you need to fulfill your purpose, everything you need. And you might find yourself right now in a really difficult situation, in a difficult relationship, in a difficult work situation, in a difficult health situation. You might find yourself in what you feel like is miry clay. You don't know how to get out of your mess. But I'm telling you right now, that right in that place, heaven can come down and you can actually walk out through the spirit of innocence, the very nature of Christ and see it turned around. You don't need a good situation for the kingdom to be active. You need a bad situation sometimes to let the grace of God flow out. Listen to what it says, for he knew all about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of Jesus. You have not been called to go to church. You are the church and you have been called to be sons and daughters of the living God, to walk out, to relate out of this nature in him. This means... Oh, I love it. We are to share the likeness of the Son. I have His nature in me. I have His purpose in me. I have His destiny in me. This means the Son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you're becoming just like Jesus. That's what the Word of God, you are becoming just like Jesus. You're becoming not, not who you are, you're becoming who He is. And every one of us, as we yield to the Holy Spirit and we outwork the nature of Christ, we're becoming just like Jesus. And boy, it's going to get sweeter and sweeter. It's going to get easier and easier. As we come to church, it's going to be called what the Bible says. And John, it's going to be a love feast. Every time we come together, the love of God is going to start to pour out, not grow cold, not grow off, but we're going to have the love of God. And we're going to find that the places when we come together as a body of Christ, it's going to be a hot house of power. It's going to be a hot house of love. It's going to be a place where we're going to love one another. We're going to come in unity. We're going to come honoring the presence of God. And tell you what, these places are going to be too small. When we start getting a handle on what God is going to do, we're going to become just like Jesus. Everyone wanted to be around Jesus. Everyone wanted to touch Him. Everyone that touched Him was healed. Well, what? Guess what? Every time somebody comes near you and they're wanting to touch you, guess what's going to happen? Healing will flow. You will be a conduit of his power. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself. And he transferred. What did he put into your account? He transferred his righteousness to everyone he called. Not only have I been born again, but I have become the righteousness of Christ. That means I have access to God. I have access to everything and he can flow through my life. He co-glorified us. Oh, I love it. With his son. Stop thinking of yourself as the one day people. One day I'll be all right. One day. No, you're not a one day wonder. God has made you his righteousness. You were created for a purpose and the design that he has for you. You know what? The enemy puts us into systems in this dark kingdom, systems of employment, systems of this and systems of working and educations and situations of, of being entertained. You know what? Can I just say something here? You were not born to be entertained, to sit in front of a television and, and be entertained. That's not your calling. It's not your destiny. You've got a job to do. You've got a, a purpose in your life. You need to start to shake off. Burn the bridges of the things that are setting you up for failure. Burn the bridges. God is bringing us and exposing the seed of greatness within you. Everything in the Garden of Eden has a seed within it. And within you is the seed of greatness. Within you is the seed of the Son of God. You don't want to waste your life doing stuff that doesn't build, that doesn't produce, that doesn't have any eternal value. You want to start to shake that off. Burn that bridge. Don't go back to the things that, that waste your time. Colossians says that, you, that God is flooding your life with the expectation of glory, that he's a treasure house within you, and you need to start to unlock that treasure within you. There's a destiny. And you know what? The Word of God says that God's going to resource your destiny. God wants to, you to give birth to the dreams that he's had inside of you. Don't shut your dreams down. Dream again. Open up. Say, Holy Spirit, dream again. What is it you want me to do? Maybe you want to 
open up childcare centers. Maybe you want to open up a school. Maybe you want to open up a bank. Maybe you want to open a medical clinic. Maybe a music school. Maybe you want to do something that is just powerful. What about you, you start to influence this world with the God gift in you to allow those seed dreams to come out. Maybe you're, you, know, you want to be an educator. Maybe you want to be a sports person. Whatever it is, God wants to place you there. He wants to fan the flame of your dreams. God wants to resource your destiny. God wants to source all of the potential. He's put the potential in you. Your dream, your unique DNA within you is what God has called you to do. We have been sealed. The Bible says sealed with a divine purpose. And you know what? I just think the most powerful thing is that now we don't have a selfish ambition. We have the Christ nature within us. So now we are doing whatever we're doing to bring glory to God. For, for God is in us and now his nature is flowing through us. The key for us is to live in the nature of Jesus. As we begin to mine the treasures within us, we have to start understanding that the spirit of Christ is the spirit of humility within us. This unselfishness is in us. This innocence is in us. And we need to learn how to, how to appropriate that, how to work out this nature, this new nature within us. We have an active relationship with God. As we allow God to pour out through us, that means whatever circumstance that you find yourself in, there will be a choice. Do you go back to the burning bridges or do you now pick up the nature of the Son of God and live out of it? Live out of this nature. Because I'm telling you that if you, put, if you allow the old nature to rear its head, it will frustrate as you pursue what you're doing. So I'm talking about heart issues here. I'm talking about what's in your heart. What is going on in your heart? Because it's a very important thing that as circumstances around life come and impact you, how do you react and respond to those things is really important, right? Because you're either going to get a victory mentality or a victim mentality, okay? You're either going to block what God wants to do because of the way you're reacting and, and cause things to take more time or you're going to have the free-flowing grace working in your life. So I want to talk to you. I want, to, I want you to listen to Psalm, Psalm 32. It's coming up here. Psalm 32. The word forgive, to be forgiven, means something has been lifted off you. The word forgiven means when you know that Christ has forgiven you, something gets lifted off you. There are people who are walking and they're way down in their spirit, way down in their heart. They're carrying things. And they're way down. And you want to run your race with endurance. And yet what is, what is hindering you could be very simple things in your heart that you have not dealt with. The word forgiveness means to, to lift off something. Sin, the guilt of sin, sin itself is a weight. It's a heavy weight. How many here have ever done, you know, the only time I really do a lot of weights is when I go shopping because then I pick up my, hand, my shopping in my hands and I have to walk. But sometimes the weight of that is extremely difficult. It impedes everything I want to do. If I want to be quick or swift or be, you know, um, able to do it whenever I want, anything that's weighting me down inhibits this in my life. So it's important for us to understand that God wants you to learn that every single day, every day, you have a meeting place. You have a moment with your creator, with your head. You're going to meet with him. And you need to set this up every single day. You need to have the innocence of Christ. And you need to know how to enter into the sweet place, the secret place. Because in there, something dynamic happens. Everyone has been called to a pray, place of prayer, a place of communion with God. Because he knows how he created you and he knows you need it. You need every morning to make a place of meeting. And this is what the, the psalmist David understood. He had committed adultery. 
He had murdered the woman's husband and he had, he had failed. He had, he had, it was a catastrophe. And he walked away with the guilt and he was burdened by the guilt and nothing he did. He couldn't make any good decisions because he carried a weight until he met with his Lord. When he met with his God, he penned these profound words. And I want you to listen to the word of God because this is your answer. You have been asking, how do I get this freedom? How do I get this stuff off me? How do I get my mind clear? How do I get my heart free from guilt? And this is how you do it. Psalm 32 verse 1 says, How happy and fulfilled are those whose rebellion has been forgiven and whose sins are covered by blood. How blessed and relieved are those who have confessed their corruption to God, for he wipes their slates clean and removes hypocrisy from their hearts. Before I confessed my sin, I kept it all inside. My dishonesty devastated my inner life, causing my life to be filled with frustration irrepressible anguish and misery. The pain never let up, for your hand of conviction was heavy upon my heart. My strength was sapped. My inner life dried up like a spiritual drought within my soul. Some of us go, man, that's how I feel. I feel like there's a drought. God doesn't talk to me. God doesn't speak. I don't have this intimacy with him. Maybe you're feeling it. Maybe as you're, even as you're hearing it, you're going, oh, it's me. I want to tell you, the hand of God is on you because he wants to move in your heart. And he wants you to understand that he wants to lift off the spirit of heaviness that's been on you. He wants to lift it off. And as you come and you humble yourself and you come into agreement with his word, he will lift it off. That forgiveness will flow. Psalm 32, 5 on says this, Then I finally admitted to you all of my sins, refusing to hide them away any longer. I said, my life-giving God, I will openly acknowledge my evil actions. And you forgave me. All at once the guilt of my sin washed away and all of my pain disappeared. Pause in his presence. This is what I've learned through it all. All believers should confess their sins to God. Do it every time God has uncovered you in the time of exposing. For if you do this, when sudden storms of life overwhelm you, you will be kept safe. That's the secret place. This is the secret place. You want to know where the secret place is? This is it. This is where you come in the presence of God and you bear your heart to him. and You, you agree. Oh, my goodness, yes. There's, there's things in me. I've been critical. I've been judgmental. I've been accusing. I've been, I've been um, hiding my sin. I've been hiding things. You need to expose your heart to the Lord. You need to open up and not, not hide any longer anything. And because you do that, he becomes your advocate and he becomes the one, not only does he forgive you your sin, but now he protects you sovereignly. That even though the enemy would want to come and do works, you can't. I heard a great, mess, a great story. There was a pastor who was preaching, Francis Franchipani, and he was, he's been preaching and he's, he's, he's been doing great work of God. But the satanic churches in the area hated him and began to to systematically put curses on him and pray against him and, and, and um, speak uh, accusations against him and speak words over him and try and put curses on him. Anyway, he was in the city doing some meetings and one, one of the witches found herself in one of the meetings um, in the lobby area where he was and then she found out that this guy that they've been cursing was there. And she began to manifest in this room. The demons within her began to manifest and um, they, and violent, she was picking up men and throwing men around the room. So it wasn't a nice little party. It was like this witch had con wanted to confront him. So the, in comes this pastor. The pastor comes in. And as she's there, she lunges into her bag and pulls out a huge knife and goes lunging at him. And at that time, he had had a really bad tennis elbow. So he couldn't even pick up. He couldn't even pick up anything because he was so... 
um, sore. It was so wound. So as she lunged, he just, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he hit her arm with his, um, and the knife went flying and actually broke her wrist, which is really interesting, broke her wrist, and she fell down, and then she ran out. So he rang her. He got a number, rang her, and said, you do realize that I could press charges and you could um, be arrested for attempted murder because that's your intention was to murder me. She goes, we've been putting curses over you, curses over you. He goes, haven't felt a thing. There's nothing able to touch me. Nothing can touch me because I'm protected by God. There's nothing in her life, that in his life, that was an entrance point for the enemy. He had daily secret place encounters with Jesus and he understood how to cultivate that. And then he said to her, he said this, he said, I could press charges, but I want you to know that God loves you and I love you and I will not. And then the love of God broke through on this woman. She came under the the power of the Holy Spirit, repented and gave her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ in that day. It was such a powerful testimony. But when you are in Christ and you are in the secret place, nothing can touch you. The whole, the whole lie that if I do that, the devil's going to do this, the devil's going to do that. No, you're the only one that gives him the key, right, to your house. You're the only one that gives him the key, right? He's not, he, he can't come in where he's not being given access so this is the thing. How amazing is it? God, verse 7, Lord, you are my secret hiding place, protecting me from these troubles, surrounding me with songs of gladness. Your joyous shouts shall rescue um, and release my breakthrough. We've been talking about breakthrough. This is how we get the breakthrough. This is how we get into the place of breakthrough. It says, verse 9, 8, 8 and 9, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with mine eye as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when, you, when I take you where you've not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along the way. Come with me. So my conclusion is this. Many are the sorrows and frustrations of those who don't come clean to God. But when you trust the Lord for your forgiveness, his wraparound love will surround you. So celebrate the goodness of God. He shows his kindness to everyone who is. Go ahead, shout for joy, and you, all you upright ones who want to please him. Seeking God in the secret place is your breakthrough. Coming to the place and allowing him to search your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit if there's anything in me, search me, search me. Look what's going on in my heart. I'm coming into agreement with you. I want to know what's, what am I hiding. So many of us have been hiding things for so many years and they're sitting in the, the recesses of our heart, but we need to come before him and we need to say, yes, Lord, I've been angry. I have been bitter. I have been, you know, um, you're unsubmissive to you, Lord. I have de- not done what your word declares. I've been disobedient. I've been willful. I've been jealous. I've been critical. You know, it's just so powerful. And I, I, I just, I see this as that God is wanting now for, for you to understand. He wants to lift it off. Not only burn the bridges of your past, but now lift off the heaviness that's been on your heart and in your soul. That when we come into the house of God, we're going to have to be knocking on the doors to get in early. Why? Because this will become a love feast, a place where we, the love of God and the life of the Spirit, we don't come in with that heaviness of sin heaviness of heart but we come in with this with this beautiful uh, weightlessness and a place ready to praise and worship our God together and to come in and feast in communion together David says this what a happy place what a happy place it is when we come to a place of forgiveness You know, Paul picks it up as well in Romans. I haven't got a slide for this, but Romans says this. Romans 4, verses 5 to 8. What happy fulfillment is ahead for those whose rebellion has been forgiven and whose sins are covered by the blood. What happy progress comes to them when they hear the Lord speak over them. And I will never hold your sins against you. That's what God says. He will not hold your sins against you. You have complete pardon. So how does Christ's life, 
how does Christ live? He came innocent and with humility. And I want to encourage you that this week, that you put on the humility of Christ, that whatever situation may come up to you, you humble yourself. You be the first one to say sorry. You be the first one to go to reconciling. You be the first one to, to starve that old nature and be the first one to come in his way. Be the first one to come humble. Be the worst. If you want to know the nature of Jesus, look at Isaiah 53. He was humble. He was rejected. And he... He, re- he was rejected so you could be accepted. He was, he was stricken so you could be healed. Reframe that whatever comes into your life this week, that when you come and somebody offends you, you are going to, you're going to take that on and you can, you're going to take that offense and humble yourself so that you can open up the hand of reconciliation to them. You pay the price for that sin. Paul says that I'm making up in my own body for the, the things that Christ hasn't done. I'm now going to take on the nature of Christ and I'm going to be humble. I'm going to bear the grief. I'm going to step into the place of humility. I'm going to pr- pay the price for someone else's joy. I'm going to be stricken. I will be afflicted. I will be misunderstood. Why? Oh, take that on me. And then I will, I will respond with the nature of Christ in me. His stripes purchased your healing. That means that sometimes you're going to be accused and you're going to have to go humble. And you're going to start to see the nature of Christ come out. Refuse. Refuse within your own heart. Refuse within your own heart to justify anything in your life. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. He was a lamb. He didn't open his mouth. How many times does our mouth get us into big trouble? Because the first thing, well, you don't understand. You don't understand what I'm thinking. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. And we start and we just pull this out and we go back and guess what? We feel really, really bad. Why? Because we're, we're out of our mouth comes these justifications. What about me? My rights, that spirit of self-righteousness, we now have to burn that bridge. We have to get off that and we have to go into a place where it's like, Lord, I humble myself before you. I'm innocent as a lamb. This week, you're going to be as innocent in your words, innocent in your motives, innocent in everything you do. That is his nature. Refuse to awaken the old nature. This week, humble yourself. Love without any expectation. Give without any expectation of getting, getting something. Just so yield to the spirit of Christ within you. And you know what? Sometimes the environment you're in is God's perfect plan for you because you need to be in that environment for that grace flow to come out. You need to be in that environment. He wants you to yield to the Holy Spirit. And he wants you to understand how the Holy Spirit is flowing out. The fragrance of Christ is starting to come out. Be the first one to say, I'm sorry. Close your mouth. Speak only what is edifying. Speak only what is good in your your situation. Be the first one to initiate good. Do something good for others. Give to others. Sow out. Give out. Flow out. Flow out. And every day have that secret place encounter with Jesus. Do you know what? Both God and Satan want you to die. But they just want it differently. They want your death differently. Satan wants a cross. He wants to crucify and kill you to put you to death. But Christ wants to resurrect your new life. And that through his spirit of humility within you will resurrect his nature and you'll start to flow in and you'll see your soul, your soul and your spirit will start to flow. The clarity of God's voice will come back to you and you'll start to hear him. God wants you to be harmless and innocent. 
Everybody say that. Harmless and innocent. Harmless and innocent. Harmless and innocent. Powerful words. And that's the fragrance of coming. You know, I'm, I'm reading something. I'm going to be doing some teaching in a couple of weeks on it. But I want to talk about how is Satan in heaven? Right? We have an adversary. And we, if we don't understand how the devil works, we can be preoccupied with him. But how does he work? And how is he in heaven? And everyone says, oh yeah, Satan is in heaven. But the only way that Satan has an audience is heaven is when you and I speak critical, accusing words out of our mouth because we're seated in heavenly places. If you are seated in heavenly places in with Christ and you speak what the devil wants you to speak... That is the only what it's the accuser of the brethren in the courts of heaven, and we become the conduit of it. So when you talk about people, when you when you judge make judgments of people, your words, you, you have to harness that word because you become the voice of the accuser in heaven. So are we are to buy back that and repent before God for the words that we speak because those words are his words. And many times some of our prayers are simply Satan speaking to God through us. And we need to, we need to make sure that our soul has been lifted off of the sin and the words. My words are life, Jesus said. Let's come before God with humility unburden our souls right and now we start to have the nature how did Jesus pray how did Jesus there was no there was no judgment no criticism no evil talk he was totally undefendable and for each one of us that is his nature he's unoffendable so if you are you, you you walk on eggshells all the time you need to get in that secret place and confess that so that you can walk out in the spirit of Christ, and be unoffendable. The nature of Jesus is our prize. Let's seek to please him. Jesus sought to please the Father. I love it. Every time God spoke over Jesus, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He comes again, he opens up the heavens. Guess what he says? The same thing. Why? Because the whole life of Jesus was to please his Father. And you and I, through the act of what Jesus done, made a way so we could come and we could be with the Father. And now we want to please the Father. That's the nature of the Son, is to please the Father. And so we need to see that outworked in our lives, in our homes, in our marriages, in our relationship. If we have pride ruling in our relationships, it, we will treat the people that are closest to us so badly. We need to come back to first love and we need to now yield to the Holy Spirit. We need to get in the secret place and unburden ourselves so that we can hear him clearly. Your marriages are holy. The Bible says in Ephesians, marriage is honorable, it's holy. How you treat one another. Family is God's idea. Family is holy. The way we treat our loved ones, the way we speak must be an must be heaven on earth. It must be a place of refuge. You must want to come home because there's love, there's acceptance, there's, there's openness, there's, there's um, honesty in that place. So if I can get the worship team to come up here and we're just going to have a time where we're going we're gonna to pull, pull it off. We're going to just do five minutes of just... Touching heaven, just allow Holy Spirit to come so that when you go home this week, you know how to, you know how to do it. We're going to come. And I've got one more scripture that I want to put up. This is powerful. In Jesus, there was no pride. In Jesus, there was nothing arrogant. In Jesus, there was nothing self-seeking. In Jesus, there was nothing prideful in him. And God loved him and moved towards him. You want to have an, an encounter with Jesus? All you're going to do is one simple thing. Have a secret place encounter and ask God to set you free from the spirit of pride. 
and he'll come running. We read that Psalm 20, 32, Psalm 32, but listen to this. God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. So then, surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will turn and run away from you. Move your heart closer and closer to God and closer to God and closer to God. Move your heart closer to God. Move your heart closer to God. Through repentance, move, move closer to God. And then he will even come closer to you. He's wanting to come. He's wanting to come and surround you. So cleanse your life. We need to stop being sinners. We need to stop sinning. We need to keep our heart pure. And we need to stop letting doubt find a place to land in our hearts. What a powerful scripture. What a promise. God resists the proud. How many here are just so, who know that, that God, God seems so far away and God is giving you the key? Why? Why? Because he wants the nature of Jesus to, to flow out of us. He wants us to, to, to pour out our heart before him, to humble ourselves, to surrender to God. Jesus is the way, but he's still the same way maker for you today. Why don't we just stand up? Let's have some, a little bit louder, yeah. Let's have some just time where you are. I know it's maybe a convicting message, but it's a liberating message. It's a message that will set you free. I've been, I'm doing it every day, every day, every single day. I have my, my time with the Lord every day. Close your eyes right now, where you are right now. Just begin to open your heart unto the Lord. Just begin to open up your heart to the Lord. And just begin to say, Father, I need to meet with you in the secret place, Lord. Lord, I'm burdened, Father, with the things that are in my heart, Lord God. There's things I've never talked to you about. I've, I'm so ashamed of what I've been doing, so ashamed of my thought life. I'm so ashamed of what my, and the enemy wants just to keep me in the place of shame. But you want me to come into the secret place of my liberty. You want me to come into the secret place. And Holy Spirit is here right now. And we say, Holy Spirit, come and lead me right now into the presence of Jesus. Take me where I can hear His voice. Um, scan me and let me, Lord, show me if there's something that I've been hiding. And I just, I just covenant, Lord, that this week I will start to meet with You. And I'll start to get into that place, in that place of intimacy with You, into that secret place and say, God, here's my heart. Here's, my, here's what's going on with me. God, wash me, cleanse me from my sin. I repent. I burn down the bridges. I'm going to repent and I burn down those bridges that, that I've left open all these times. I've left so many things open, Lord God, but not anymore, God. I'm going to repent, Lord God. I'm going to burn down the house. I'm going to burn down the places that I go back to God and I come today, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. And I ask, Lord, that you would lift off this burden, this heaviness of my guilt and my sin. Lord, I repent. Just begin to talk to Him right now. Right now, right now, Lord. Begin just to open up your heart to Him right now. Maybe you're just angry, angry at your parents, angry at your spouse, angry all the time. There's this anger, there's this revenge, there's anger and bitterness. There's a bitterness that's in your heart. Heart. This is a time where you can just yield it to the Holy Spirit, confess your sins, confessing your sin and allowing the Holy Spirit to come and pour His oil and His resurrection power into your life right now, right now, all across this building. Holy Spirit is working in you. He's giving you power. He's giving you the anointing. He's coming over you. He's canoping over you in the secret place. It's a secret place. The enemy can come not in there. The enemy has no authority in there. The enemy has no room in there. This is a place. It's just you and your Father. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, work in our hearts right now. Working our minds right now. Working our lives, Lord. We choose, Father, not to hide anything. Father, we don't want to hide things. We have zero hidden things in our lives. 
no more hiding our sin. It doesn't make it go away. Hiding your sin does not make it go away. Pretending it's not there doesn't make it go away. It's only through repentance and the blood of Jesus that you have the power to walk out. And you are blessed. You are blessed today because you have chosen to come into this place of honesty between the Holy Spirit and yourself. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are filled. When you when you repent of your rebellious spirit, when you repent of the things um, that you have, have confessed over your life and over people, the words that you said, oh, Holy Spirit comes. He comes closer to you. He comes even closer. As you draw nigh to Him, He will draw nigh to you and He'll begin to lift things off. Lift things off that have been there for 10 years and 20 years and 30 years and 40 years and 50 years. And it's the doorways. The Bible says that our unconfessed sins and our sins are doorways where the enemy brings in sicknesses and things. We open up our soul to sickness when we have unforgiveness in our hearts and we have sin in our hearts. And so today, God, I just thank You because Your Word is truth, Lord God. You said if we are, if we humble ourselves before You and we confess our sin before You, Lord, You are faithful. You're our Saviour. You're our faithful God who forgives us all of our sins. And You make us a way, Father, that we can live in liberty and wholeness again, Lord. And we can walk out, Lord God, with all of our bridges burned. And Lord, we can walk out, Father, without the weight and the guilt of our sin. And so, Father, we love You. You love Him today, church? You love Him today? Do You love Him today? Do you love Him today? Come on, let's just give the Lord a hand today. Let's thank Him for His Word. His Word is truth. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless. Oh, let's step hands for our pastor today. That's an amazing word. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. The sure way. Oh, my, my, my. <laughs> How many of us are excited about the message today? Trust me, when you go out today, when you go out and have fun, remember that you're operating in the overflow. A deposit has been made to your heart right now. Keep on reaching out. Keep on reaching out. Keep on pressing on because God is at work. I want to encourage you today, if you want prayer, even as we're going to, to sing, if you want prayer, come to the front so that uh, the ministry team can be praying for you and can minister to you. If you want healing, this is the place. If you might be here in this place and you have never gotten to a point where you accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. This is the moment if you are here in this place and you're not sure that if this is your last day, you're no, you don't have a relationship with Christ, I encourage you to lift up your hand. Lift up your hand so that we can pray with you. We can minister to you. Hallelujah. If you're here, again, and you don't know Jesus Christ, I encourage you to lift up your hand. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God all of us. We are, we are heading off to where God is taking us to. Hallelujah. So if you want prayer, please come to the front as the music team leads us on. Ministry team is going to be here to pray for you. For everyone who is you and who has visited us to place, the guest lounge is there at the back. Go there and be ministered to, communicate, commune with someone. I remember that the fellowship is when four fellows in a ship and they don't know where to go. So be a fellow in a ship and go back and be, be ministered to at the back there. And we love you. Thank you so much for coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's just continue to worship God. Jesus, you're with us. 